8,000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Compact formation here. First and 10 from the SMU 29. Play action, throw across the middle. Wide open! And Trail Anthony walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Oklahoma! Interesting to watch here now. The SMU punt returner may have misjudged the one. It's blocked! Sooners blocked it, and it goes out of bounds over at the 40-yard line. It was Peyton Bowen that got it! Blake Smith in motion, now moves into the backfield. Fake handoff, rolls left, wide open. Blake Smith, touchdown! Handoff again. Knighton finds a hole left side. Watch out. 50 into Sooner territory. Key Lawrence chases. He knocks the ball out loose. It's on the field. Recovered by Stutzman. There's your turnover. Key Lawrence knocked it out of the hands of Jalen Knighton. And guess who was there? Danny Boy. Throw, slant, caught by Farouk at the 10, breaks a tackle, makes a move! Touchdown! Double OQ! And he left the pony laundry on the field! Gabriel dumps to Major, caught, nice catch, 25, first down at the 20, get off me to the 10, down the sidelines to the 5, leaping into the end zone, Marcus Major, galloping past Mustangs, touchdown! Back to pass Stone, throws it too high, picked off by Harrington! And you can unhitch the wagon. And I've never meant this more than tonight. Put the ponies in the barn. Victory! Happy. Yeah. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. That's two in a row. We win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. It has happened before. And they stay there. And they say yeah. And they say there. winning streak, perhaps, against Tulsa. What do you think it's going to look like up there? 90% OU? Well, their first sellout since 2009 would lead me to believe that's a lot of OU fans buying tickets. I think 90% is, um, I think that's a very, very good number. It's hey, actually become uh, a pretty tough ticket to get for a lot of people. Yeah, I bet. Um, let me ask you this. What is what is the radio situation on Friday for us? The radio situation on Friday for you and I is a little bit different. I am at, let me pull it up here. I wrote it down earlier. I am at the garage in Tulsa for Tulsa Day. That's right, mm. Tulsa Day is on Friday. I'm at the Garage 7104 South Sheridan in Tulsa. I don't think that you are in Tulsa for Tulsa Day. I, no, I'm, I'm going to be at Riverwind, I yeah. think. But isn't uh, Toby Rowland, voice of the Oklahoma Sooners and host of the yeah, T-Row in the Morning Show, going to be there? Toby will be in Tulsa, not at the location that I'm at. But Toby will be in Tulsa, Plank will be in Tulsa, Parker will be in Tulsa. I'll be in Tulsa all on Friday, and then Saturday... Oh, so- Everyone but me, it sounds like. Nice. You Probably and, me and Steely. You and Steely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And then Saturday, we'll be at Chicken and the Wolf just outside the stadium for pre and post game. Nice. So, can't wait. Can't wait. Friday's Tulsa Day. Yeah, and uh, when I pick a final score for this game, there will be defensive expectations that will be Ooh. factored into my score. No more hoping or, well, this matchup kind of favors them. No, 
my my expectations now defensively are that Danny Stutzman has a very good chance to look like the best player on the field, and the OU defense is going to do its part to hold the opposition to a very low number. All right, well, what's your early week feel? You don't have to, like, this isn't a concrete, but just tell me where you're leaning. Early week feel to me. I know you quickly followed me. I know that's what your Whoa. new th- your new um, uh, strategy is. You followed me to lock the University of Oklahoma in the Ref Royal Rumble. Oh, did you did you pick him as well today? Yeah. Did you lock him? Oh, too? you're gonna nice. act like you didn't notice that? I actually didn't notice that. Okay. I just I just needed to win in the worst way, so I'm like, All let's right. roll with OU here. I guess. I am. Uh, let's go. I'm thinking 45-10 early week feel for this game, which would easily okay. cover the spread. Okay, I am thinking fifty-six to nine. Fifty-six to nine. I'll take mm-hmm. either one of those, please. That's an easy cover and another really good day by the defense. Yeah, and another day where Stutzman might have eighteen tackles. I think that's where I've um, really been impressed with him so far. Is that statistically he's had two just totally opposite games, yet he's played really well in both of those. Yeah. Like he's played a game where he's had, what, four tackles? Which I think still uh, yeah. led the team in game one. But he had a game where he had four tackles, and we thought, yeah, he played a very, very solid game. Yeah. And, you know, the the better you play, it doesn't always just equal a bunch of tackles as, as a defense, as a linebacker. Uh, you may get fewer and fewer opportunities because, you know, let's face it, a lot of tackles – especially in the past, for Stutzman, have come on pursuit where you're cleaning up someone else's mistake, right? We're we're always pursuing the football, but the better you get at defense, those opportunities are fewer and further between. Passing plays become catch, tackle, you know, right as the player's catching it, and you're trying to turn and run and have a chance in the running game, you know, you're a lot of times you're taking care of your responsibility and the ball pops and then it turns into pursuit. And you're chasing it down, maybe getting a tackle from behind. Uh, the better you play on defense, the fewer opportunities at those type of tackles you get. You know, and you can come out of a game and have four, five, seven tackles and play really, really good assignment sound, locked-in football. I just, I just, It's been a while since... I've seen an OU linebacker where it felt like he was in on every single play. Yeah. And it really felt like he was in on every single play. And not just even around the line of scrimmage. Again, the great – Down the field, running sideline to sideline. The great play by Key Lawrence. The nice job by Woody Washington to ensure it doesn't go out of bounds. And Danny Stutzman's even in on that play to recover Mm -hmm. a fumble. He's just – he's everywhere, man. So, look, we talked about him so much in the offseason, like, man – He's got to make this defense his. He's got to take control. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. I know it's only two games, but it felt like he's done what he's needed to do well, to kind of elevate to that next level. And confidence is everything, right? When you come out, you know, had game one or game two gone a little bit differently, like if, um, oh, gosh, I don't know, um, Maybe if that targeting call happens, right, or who knows what, and we lose that game, 
uh, you may you may be hitting the reset button on your confidence, and you're kind of back to square one. But feels like the more snaps he's getting right now, the more confident he becomes. He's you know played the vast majority of those snaps at the will backer, but in both games he's played a little bit of Mike too, which you know I can't understate the difference. It's not just well you're playing Mike backer now instead of Will. Every single defense, you have a totally different responsibility than you had previously. So, it's 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 very difficult to do. It's not just you move over a spot. It's it's not easy. And he's able to take on that responsibility and go out there and and execute nicely. Give them some extra depth there. Provide the coaching staff with a little bit of peace of mind. So. I couldn't be more pleased with where he's at right now. Are we overlooking what happened in the final seven, seven and a half minutes of the game on Saturday? No. No, you don't think so? I just, Maybe. I what just, happened? Well, SMU cut it to a three-point game, and OU played its best complimentary seven and a half minutes of football after that for a team yeah. that seemingly lost every close game last year. That the exact opposite happened on Saturday. They they played their best ball, including even on the offensive side. Yeah, that's right. I I think that that is is that a bigger deal than what we realized, seeing as what happened last year. Hmm. Um. I don't know. Perhaps now. Maybe like I think SMU is going to be really good. Like I've said, I think I would favor them right now to. To be playing Tulane in the in the championship game of that conference, but I I don't know. Maybe I'm not quite giving it the credit it deserves because it's not a conference game. But I think SMU is probably right there with several teams in the Big Twelve. Um, maybe a lot of teams in the Big Twelve. We'll see. I could be wrong on that. It could be proven to be a dumb yeah. take. I uh, yeah. I mean, d- depending on the opponent, it's. You know, more impressive if that team's in the top ten. I just, it's the first time that they've done it though since they found a way to lose all those close games. Yeah. And the fact that they addressed it in the post game press conference, like, well, last year's team would have found a way to maybe lose that game, and they turned it on the way that they did. I don't know, just something to monitor here moving forward. Next time they get in a close game, maybe you've the, heard uh, the luck it. has been flipped this time. You've heard me say it. I believe winning is a skill, and it's not just. It's not just the taking care of your responsibility and everything. It's like good teams, like trust one another, show up at the right time. Like there's there's a skill there. It's hard to necessarily put your finger on it. There's a lot of good teams that find a way to lose somehow. Right? The here we go again type of mentality. So yeah, I mean credit those guys for whenever it counted, finding a way to win the football game and doing so and ending up separating to where there was no doubt. Six seven eight. how is no one talking about the biggest stat of the entire game? The defense actually drew a holding penalty on the opposing team. Should have been multiple, no way. by the way. Well, that was when a, was that? That was a conference stat last year that um, we were all upset about. So once yeah. they start happening in Big 12 games, then I'll maybe start to get a little excited. Right. Uh, 5-8-0, did we ever get an explanation on the sideline interference call? Who did the ref run into? Venable well, said postgame yes. it was him, right? Yep, and he deserved the penalty. Well, and, and my guess is that there was probably 
like that wasn't the first instance. There was probably an ongoing conversation about it. Would be my guess, right? I pro- yeah, I would guess so. Sarks Vodka says we can't go this entire segment without mentioning Levy's uh, really bad gameplay. Is what it says. That's not exactly what it says, but you get the point. Yeah, it was. Um, the whole night offensively was just weird. I don't know if there's any other other way to say it. The rotations, yeah. some of the decisions, like third and seven, they would they would run it in the middle of the field. It was just it was just well, odd. yeah. The third and seven run, I I think they're clearly setting up to go for it on fourth down, but they got stuffed and uh, SMU was banking on it. But I uh, th- there's no doubt that we need to get better finding our stars and letting those guys go to work in space and taking advantage of uh, those individual guys' skill set. I don't think we've been very good at that so far. We've been really vanilla, and some of the personnel groupings, the the double tight ends out there, which I don't mind. I'm fine with that, but it's curious. I I don't think that that's our specialty. We've got tight ends, one of our – are weaker positions on offense, and uh, I think we'd be finding a way to get more of our receivers and perhaps running backs out there and less of the tight ends. But I, there is a part of me that is wondering if, number one, we're trying to develop that personnel package, and that's why we're running it more, and number two, is there a little bit of gamesmanship going on, skewing? I would hope so. The stats <laughs> as to what we're going to major in whenever we get into that would at least be a really legitimate explanation for some of the things that happened on Saturday. So I I hope that's the case. And there there was just it, it was weird all around, man. Like I, I remember talking last week. Hey, Jalil Farouk didn't get a didn't have a catch against Arkansas State. For a starter, I wonder if they make more of an effort to get him the ball against SMU. Well, not not really. He only had two catches. But one of the catches that he had, the play that he made in open space, Woo. it was like, my God, that's what I've been wanting to see from the wide receivers for like three years now in the open space. Yeah, that was an incredible right. play. It was really nice. Um, so he has it, like statistically, had an incredible start, Jaleel Farouk. He only has two catches. But, man, that play he made on Saturday may have been his finest in an OU uniform to date. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not hitting the panic button yet on the offense, but it it has not burst out of the gates to start this season as of right now. Um, I'm I'm hoping, and maybe this is dumb of me. Um, I'm hoping that you know as the games get tougher. There's things that we open up and start to get our players a little bit better opportunities in some space. I mean, it was curious. The passing game was was wild, and you know, I don't. That's kind of why I'm trying to square it, is because what we saw against SMU, not only was it it you know just kind of a weird weird game plan and weird how it unfolded. It's it is not like Levy when it comes to play calling. It was totally different. That's why I'm part of me is thinking that 
either number one, they're they're doing it on purpose to slow the game down and help the defense, or number two, there's a little bit of deception going on or gamesmanship as to what our true offense is going to be whenever we get later into the season because it was it's totally different than any style that we've seen from Levy. I, I just, with the offense, I, I really hope that this isn't a group again that they're fine at times when they can go up tempo, but like last year, they're going to struggle to consistently move the ball when they're not going tempo. Yeah. I, I just really hope that that's not the case again this year. But when this when this offense has got some tempo, and we saw it Saturday, when they got some tempo, they got some flow, okay, but it's just not. It's it's drive to drive, man. It's not consistent. feels like they're either scoring quickly on back-to-back drives or they're going four drives without moving the ball. Yeah. And, you know, back to the Jackson Arnold stuff. You know, Jackson Arnold has come in and – They've run quarterback power with him. Plays on the on the interior up up the middle, which again I, I it makes me think there's a little bit of gamesmanship going on because that's not his strength. His strength would be outside speed, run pass option stuff, uh, getting him on the perimeter, putting teams in conflict out there with his speed, not trying to use him in a power running game up the middle. So that's why I think there's there's deception to put here, but I'm not sure. There's been a search for a nickname for that package. Does it have to be successful for us yeah. to come up with a cool name first? Kind of where I'm at. Like, yeah. Let's not name it just yet. So let's see it hit on a few big plays first. Right. Yeah. Right now it's uh, – we got to come up with a name that it's like, uh, like it's a cover for something else. All right, quick timeout. More for the rush coming. Build energy efficient, custom quality, crafted homes around the metro OKC area. If you are looking to build your first home or last, Landmark Fine Homes is the builder for you. We have many floor plans to choose from, or bring us one that you already have. We have communities throughout the metro where we will build on your lot. Call 405 347 5991 and let Landmark Fine Homes help turn your dreams into a reality. You know, suspect, suspect, you know, some of you might have questions uh, regarding my father-in-law, his presence at the game Saturday night. want to go ahead and address this. Got a statement for you guys that I'll read. You know, one, just want everybody to understand uh, my father-in-law, his presence on the field after the game the other night is, is something uh, that created a distraction, and I, I do I apologize for that. That was, that was not the intent at all. Uh, the intent was just to to celebrate with with my family. Um, do want to correct some reports that uh, that claimed he had a sideline pass. There was not a sideline pass given out. He was actually on the field only when when other families were were down there and were present. Uh, you know, Joe Castiglione, Coach Venables, both have have uh, addressed concerns with me. Have talked to me about it, and and again can can make sure that everybody understands that this is something that that will not come up again. So with that, I wanted to start with that and then get into questions. There's Jeff Levy from his press conference earlier today. And 
I really feel like we're past this story now. Brent Venables will be asked about it tomorrow. He'll say it, and then after tomorrow's press conference around noon, I, I really think we'll be past this. So it was a big deal 24 hours ago. I feel like we're finally past the whole Jeff Levy situation. Or am I wrong? Or are we still there? No, I think not reading it right. No, I think you're right. I think we, I think we've moved past it. Um, I mean, there's always this massive. I I don't know. It's not necessarily fake, but it is this. Um, it's almost a want to find something to be angry or upset at in the moment, and. It feels like it almost it, it fades just as quick, typically, right? Um, I, you know, you, you heard me earlier. I didn't think it was all that big of a deal. It, OU University of Oklahoma wasn't uh, like in support of Art Bryles or having him around the team. He wasn't the guest of the team speaking to him before the game or the night before. He was there strictly as a family member, came down, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes after the game as the rest of the family does and, uh, you know, just went down there to see his uh, his son-in-law. I'm Nothing more than that. I, It's just happened on a really bad night for him because people are already mad about the way he called the game and used <laughs> yeah. some rotations. So he's in uh... – He's in need of a really good offensive game on Saturday. Right. No, that's, I agree. That's very well called. I uh, yeah. I just I don't for the life of me I I don't I don't get it. We've had a few texts today saying, "Well, yeah, the quarterback sucks too." Talking about the offense, and I just I ran the numbers during the break. Gabriel's thirty-eight of forty-nine for six touchdowns and no interceptions. <laughs> now I'm not. Like, the, the, the touchdown-to-interception ratio really isn't – I mean, it's a big deal, but not as big of a deal as the completion percentage because that's really, to me, what needed to improve from last year. And 38 of 49 is one hell of a start, man. Yeah. Especially when we're seeing some of the throws be completed that we didn't a year ago. I well, am, and like, frankly, I, I'm totally been, fine with the way that he's played. Yeah, and there's been some drops. Uh Drake had a drop. Gavin Freeman had a drop. The other one in the quarter of the end zone wasn't technically uh, wasn't a drop with Drake Stoops, but it was a great ball. Um, you know, he's so. I mean, what'd you say? He was thirty-eight of what? Thirty-eight of forty-nine. Thirty-eight of and if you factor in drops, he's missed on like like seven or eight throws so far this year. Yeah, it's been it's been good. I, I think he's been good. You know, I, I'm. Of all the stuff that's gone on out there, I know that quarterback people are always like so quick to go to quarterback, and not I'm not suggesting that um, it shouldn't be that way because obviously quarterback's a very important position. But you know we're just so used to 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 going right there to quarterback and having you know the best quarterback in the country, and that always helps. There's no doubt about it, and. I don't think Dylan Gabriel is the best quarterback in the country, but uh, he's number one in the Big 12 right now in completion percentage at 77.6, to your and point. number seven in uh, FBS uh, with a minimum of 45 pass attempts. J.J. Yep. McCarthy at Michigan is number one. 
Jacob Zeno, remember him in the Big 12 championship game? Oh, yeah. He's at UAB at 2 at 84.5. Rattler's at 3 at 83.3, even though he can't stand upright when he gets the ball? Interesting. Yeah. Carl's Jr. is at 4. Georgia Southern's quarterback at 5. Drew Aller at Penn State at 6. Gabriel at 7. He's, if, if you're complaining about Gabriel, I think you're wasting your time. Yeah. It's been fine. There's only three quarterbacks in the Big 12 right now without an interception. Quinn Ewers at the University of Texas, Dylan Gabriel, and uh, Bowman for Oklahoma State, who's kind of been a rotating quarterback there. And They like still I said, don't know who they, who they want. It's odd, very odd. Yeah, quarterback efficiency, Dylan Gabriel leads. Um, I'll tell you who's pretty daggum good right now in all the statistics is Emory Jones. He's just behind Dylan Gabriel in efficiency. 200.9 for Gabriel, 199.1 for Emory Jones. He's got seven touchdowns and one interception, and I think he's added a little bit more on the on the ground as well. Dan says, if we want to say Dylan is good, that's fine. I know expectations are high at that position, but we need to have some passing plays over 20 yards. Well, I mean, he's not calling the passing plays. I don't know. He's executing the offense that's called. So are are we docking Dylan Gabriel for the offensive play calling now? I don't, and there have been plays over 20 yards. I know, I know there weren't a ton of them on Saturday, but game right. one, I feel like there about four receivers had a reception of over 20 yards. Well, and, and I agree, and I think pretty much everyone – agrees and has said as much that the lack of downfield uh passing in in week two against smu was it was interesting and it was out of character for what we've seen i mean it really doesn't matter who the opponent has been and what our success that day is looking like for oklahoma we've continued to throw the ball down the field we haven't connected on them as regularly as we'd like but it's been there, and for whatever reason, it wasn't on Saturday. And I don't have the, I don't know why it wasn't. Trey says we have lowered the standard at quarterback. When he cost us a game, I'll be the first to say I told you so. Trey, if he's wins a game for OU, can I be the first to say I told you so? Well, if he costs us a game at quarterback, you don't need to say I told you so. We'll look at it and say he cost us a game at quarterback. I'm. Again, just like last year when there was a, a lot of criticism being thrown at Dylan Gabriel, I just – there's other issues right now that are much more pressing than quarterback. And, and, and a lot of – not, well, not that, that But that makes the point, though, right, is a lot of those issues you're talking about are around him. Yeah. So the issues that this team has, it's not Dylan Gabriel, but they're around Dylan Gabriel yet – he still has the highest completion percentage in the Big 12 and six touchdowns to no interceptions. Yeah. And let me also just state this. like, I don't necessarily know how many issues we have. I, I, I You know, we had, a, we had an interesting game plan against SMU. I, I don't think that that is any reason at all to panic and suggest that, you know, we're going to, go six and seven again i you know i i i feel like this team is in a in a pretty good spot how good are they what's their ceiling i'm not exactly sure 
but I feel like the floor is much higher than it was a year ago. Here's a number that I liked from Saturday. This is not offense, but it's defense. Here's a number I really like on Saturday, especially after last year. SMU, 4 of 16 on third down. Yeah. I can get used to that life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was – that's a – Again, that's a good team in SMU. They've totally different squad than they had a year ago. There's a bunch of really good transfer portal guys on that team, uh, especially on the defensive line, uh, some skill position guys as well. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm happy with the win right now, and we'll see if any of the issues become a problem. I uh, totally forgot to bring this up, but – Imagine you just had the best game of your collegiate career. You were the best defensive player in all of the country on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You're tired. You just ate. You're probably ready to go home. And your car's not parked where you thought think it should be after, uh, after you get to the parking lot after the game. That's because your car's been towed. That happened to Danny Stutzman after the game on Saturday. Yeah. Now, as da- Danny Stutzman does... Um, I think he he made a bit out of it, and it ended up being funny, or at least through Jaron Canick's Snapchat. 20 tackles in his car towed. But, God, that sucks, man. I feel bad for you, Danny. Yeah. I guess it's a lot better happening after that kind of game than an awful game. I, so there's no real great time to get your car Well, that's towed. true. But... How does that happen? Is I think Quinn didn't Quinn Ewers? Uh, yeah, would he was he driving? No, that was Bijan Mustardson that was driving the Lambo last year. I feel like Ewers' car got towed last year. Uh, Someone game. did. I I don't know if he parked in the wrong spot where they know they're going to get towed if you park there, or it was a mistake for the for the parking uh, parking people up there at the University of Oklahoma, but. You can't mess with those parking spots, man. That's the biggest income generator the university has. St- uh, Steve Stutzman says, I took it. <laughs> <laughs> well, joke's on uh, old Danny Boy then, if that's the case. How did uh, how, you feel Canick played? I thought he had some good moments. I thought he, you know, he made some mistakes. I think he's getting way better in the run game. Uh, passing game still has a ways to go. I felt like I felt like some of the mistakes kind of piled on him, and I don't know if he got fatigued or like mentally fatigued. But as the game wore on, it looked like he was he was kind of affected. I don't know if he's tired. Played a bunch of snaps. Um, you know, his the snap in his in his legs was gone, and he was kind of floating around out there. And um, but. I, he's two games in, man. Uh, I think where he is in two games is is pretty daggum good. He's going to continue to get better and better. I, you got to go out there and you got to make the mistakes on the field and and correct them. And as long as you're getting better and not making the same same mistakes over and over, I think he's going to be fine. And you know we'll see what happens at, at the Mike Backer spot if you know if they. I mean, they seem pretty intent on staying with the ma- the lineup that they've got with Kanick at Mike and Stutzman at at the will. But you know, I, 
Kip Lewis keeps showing up at will. Best case scenario, man. Yeah. And, not not and, that I'm rooting for Kip Lewis over anyone in particular, but, God, is that not what you want? You may have in your mind that, all right, we really want this two this year and to lead us in the SEC, and there's some other kid that's really making that tough on you. Well, yeah, you got to find, find a way to get your two best players out there, and if that means moving Stutzman to Mike, like maybe that's something they look at, but – I think Canick is – I think he's on track. He's doing well. You know, it's a, it's a tough learning curve. But all things considered, I think, he's, I think he's in a good spot. You know, the talent, you know, every now and then it flashes and it's like that's, that's why the kid's out there. You know, there's some he's, – he's gifted for sure. I think he's coming around. Steve, Just got to give it a little bit of time. Steve says he forgot to look at his text. I went up and got him. We may nice. need to talk to Steve on Thursday and get the full size. Get the rundown. Of the, yeah, get the rundown of the story. That probably nice. needs to happen. Yeah. Well, um, I hey, I think that I think that we're in a good spot at linebacker, and uh, we're young. We got some good talent there. We're going to continue to get better. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll be back. Talking sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. Life is yours to spend. Spend it making more money. Spend it making more memories. Spend it learning a new skill. Spend it teaching an old trick. Spend it career climbing. Spend it mountain climbing. First United Bank. Spend life wisely. And they're not going to move off of that opinion no matter what he does this year. I guess if he, like, leads you to the college football playoff, then maybe some will start to change their opinion. But I do think there's something to people thought he sucked last year, and they're probably going to think he sucks the rest of his career. That's just in their head already. Yeah. I just don't see it that way. Well, I don't either. He definitely doesn't suck. He... He's not the best quarterback in the country, you know. Um, I I got news for you. If you put Jackson Arnold in right now, he won't be the best quarterback in the country either. Uh, now, I'm not saying that he won't become that. I think there's a chance that, you know, in time that could happen for Jackson Arnold. But, you know, I if, if I'm 2-0, my quarterback has six touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, completing 77.6% of his passes, I feel pretty good about it. And he's added a rushing touchdown as well. I mean, that's that's seven touchdowns with no turnovers. feel pretty good about that. Highly, highly efficient up to this point. The completion mm-hmm. percentage, like I said, the most important number in it. Number one in the Big 12. And a, a lot of uh, rebuttals to the DG hate on the text line, a lot of people have said, yeah, how about you go ask Nick Saban if he would take Dylan Gabriel right now? I bet Nick yeah. would say, hell yeah, and probably in that voice if well, he could have Dylan Gabriel. I, I, you know, I, I think there's, I think there's a, a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I, I get what people are saying, that we don't have a, like, we have a difference maker at quarterback, but 
we don't have the best player on the field at all times at quarterback. And we're so used to that. We had it with Caleb Williams. We had it with um, Jalen Hurts. We had it with Baker Mayfield. We had it with Kyler Murray. It's been an embarrassment of riches. And it makes it feel like Dylan Gabriel is like a subpar quarterback to some degree whenever he's really not. He's still right there probably going to be the best or right there with the best in the conference and top ten in the country. Ish. Having the best uh, player on the field at quarterback is nice. I'll tell you what's better, though is having the best overall unit on the field, and that's your defense. Yeah. And OU's going to have that in the majority of the games that they play this year. If if this defense continues playing the way that it is, uh, there's not a whole lot of, you know, offensive or defensive units that's going to be better than that side of the ball for OU this year. I'll I'll take that all day. Here's what I'll say to to all those folks out there. I'll just pose the – uh, a couple of questions to you, Tyler. How many Heisman Trophy winners does the University of Oklahoma have in seven, its history? Seven. How many of those seven Heisman Trophy winners won a national championship the year they won the Heisman Trophy? Uh, zero. Zero. Yeah. Not one of them won a national championship the year they won the Heisman Trophy. And I don't think... I don't think any of them won a national championship, period, unless Billy Sims did whenever he was a freshman, maybe at 75, OU. he – let's see, 75, 67. I don't even know if he did in 75. Because 79 was his last year, right? 75, uh, yes. 76, Won the Heisman in 78, I, I don't, right? Yeah, maybe he redshirted in 75. Um, yeah, won but the, anyways, yeah, the yeah, point yeah, is – The point, yes. None of those seven Heisman Trophy winners won a national championship the, where, the year – they won the Heisman Trophy. Um, that's going to come from defense. I, I just, I just think it's like if we get to a point this year where Dylan Gabriel needs to get criticized, that's fine. I'm not afraid of that at all. Like if that's the situation, then that's what we'll do. We'll criticize the quarterback position. I, I, I get. I just think it's very odd to criticize the quarterback position when he has six touchdowns, no interceptions, and he leads the Big Twelve in completion percentage. Yeah. I, you know, I'm still, I'm still hopeful that we are, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to grow offensively. I think that, I think we're trying to find our way stylistically, and and see exactly where that mix is going to be with our offense and defense and and how we play. I think there's a little bit of that going on. I think there's a little bit of maybe guarding what our identity is going to be before we just go out there and expose it to the entire world so they can, um, you know, start planning for us. Um, but those are guesses, and those could be entirely wrong. And, you know, I, I, we've got some questions. You know, I think the offensive line could definitely perform way better than they did on Saturday. I think the – need to. I think some of the – I think the running back room – we need. I, I loved what Tawie Walker did. I've got no complaints there. I think think he had an excellent game, but I think we need to. That position needs to maybe grow a little bit and become more explosive. And some of that is perhaps going to be whenever we open up a little bit more in the running game and show some more concepts. And 
you know, I think we're going to, I hope, rotate in some more uh, young star power at wide receiver because we've got that in Gibson, Pedway, and Anderson. As we go into a break, this is for you and the text line. We'll hit it on the other side, final segment. What was the most enjoyable non-OU results in college football weekend, this college football weekend? And why was it Texas A&M getting blasted by Miami? (laughs) We'll hit that next. Quick timeout, final timeout. We'll come back and wrap things up here from Newcastle Casino. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Life is yours to spend. Spend it expanding your balance. Spend it expanding your mind. Spend it wondering what comes next. Spend it trusting that God has a plan. Spend it taking small steps in your own life. Spend it making a big impact on someone else's. First United Bank. You graduate. They graduate. Finish your high school diploma for you and for them. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free and supportive adult education centers near you. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, what was the best non-OU result of the weekend and why was it Miami just housing Texas A&M? Blue Whale Sooner says Miami taking the NIL Bowl was great. Now if those two (laughs) and Missouri can lose all the rest of their games, please. Yeah. Uh, Missouri K-State this week. Yeah, uh, K State's only like a five point favorite. I know. I wanted to take that. Uh, I wanted to he- take that one, but kitty, 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 kitty line. I'm gonna keep rolling with um, the University of Oklahoma right now. But what do you think? You think Missouri has a chance to sneak up on them? I, I, I really don't. No, I really don't. Someone else says seven eight five Mizzou scrapping by Middle Tennessee. They're gonna get boat raced by Kansas State next week. Although I want Thea Weiss to do well. Well, here's the thing. I Kansas State can absolutely destroy you and beat you like fourteen to nine. You know? Seen and the before. game is never even close. So Cherokee I don't know. Sooner. This week will always be remembered as the week that Cherokee Sooner became a fan of the Wyoming Wyoming Cowboys. <laughs> yes, they do spell it the way that you say it. No, K K State winning is a lot like a um the little that I know about soccer, oh, they 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 dominated that game. It was one yeah. nil. Like, what do you got? Well, if you really knew soccer, they dom- They won one nil, but they dominated. It's kind of like right. Kansas State. They only yeah. beat you by five points, but man, they dominated them. Yeah, they ran the ball uh, eighty-five times for one yard to carry, and somehow uh, you only had seven minutes of possession for the entire game. And where is that game in Missouri? Uh, it's at the Dorky Rock M in Columbia. Yes, that's where it's at. Nice. Well, I favor KSU heavily in that football game. What else we got around the Big 12 this week? Is there anything interesting? OSU plays. It's kind of a slower week. OSU it? playing South Alabama. They're not going to lose that game, right? Seven-point favorite. Yeah, I don't know. That was an interesting game with ASU. Um. Did you get a chance to watch that one? I got a chance to watch the first half, and I passed out, and I woke up, and it's like, <laughs> oh, wow, they played pretty well in the second half. Yeah. B- BYU and Arkansas, big game for BYU. We'll see what they got in Fayetteville. Yeah. 
Gosh, I haven't seen anything from Arkansas this year. So, yeah, it's Beat a slower Kent State week, though. last week. K.J. Jefferson was back. Uh, not they, they didn't throttle Kent State. They took care of business. It's a big game for both both sides. Um, quickly, before we're out of here, uh, well, I guess we don't have time. You guys killed it on the text line today. As always, you drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Let's go have an ice-cold Pacifico.